Okay, so in this audio, we're going to talk about congenital heart defects as well as heart failure. And one thing to keep in mind is that these go well together because a lot of these congenital heart defects over time, whether they're unnoticed or they have complications from the congenital heart defects, could lead to heart failure. So um, we don't just see heart failure in adults. We could see it in children who have severe heart defects. Or if a heart defect becomes unnoticed, then um, it could develop into heart failure. So the first congenital heart defect we're going to talk about is atrial septal defect. And I have this picture here because we want to keep in mind that there are these normal changes that happen at birth or should happen. So in utero, there are some there's some shunting that occurs because the baby's lungs are not developed. So the blood from the baby bypasses the lungs and the baby's getting oxygen from mom's blood. So once baby is born, one of these holes that is going to close or should close is the foramen ovale. You'll notice that on the left picture. Um, unfortunately, sometimes this doesn't close and that's where we get an atrial septal defect. So you have the opening between the two atria, the right and the left, and there's blood that's flowing through there. They call this a left to right shunt, which is a non-cyanotic problem. Blood is shunting from the left side of the heart, which has higher pressure, to the right side of the heart, which has lower pressure. If you think about it, the blood on the left side of the heart has already visited the lungs and gotten oxygen, so it's oxygenated blood that is shunting from the left side of the heart to the right side of the heart, which is why they call it non-cyanotic. Because basically all this is causing is that blood is going back to the lungs and getting more oxygen again. Because of this, we usually see that this is asymptomatic. Um, but in some cases, the patient could have a heart murmur or they could have an extra heart, heart sound. So you'll notice that um, when they, they assess infants right away when they're born, and one of the things they're listening for is their heart sounds to see if they hear an extra sound or a heart murmur, because this could be a warning sign that there is a congenital heart defect that would need follow-up. Um, something else that could happen Usually, if this is not detected until later in life, then a kind of a bad outcome that could happen because of atrial septal defect is what's called a paradoxical embolus. So what happens is this person gets a clot in their leg, and normally if this clot became an emboli and it moved, it would go to the lungs. If a patient has an atrial septal defect, what happens here is this clot gets loose, it goes to the heart, and it's in that right atrium, right ventricle. But if this patient is doing something that is causing straining, like they're vagling down, trying to have a bowel movement, or doing some heavy weight lifting, then that pressure that they're creating causes more pressure in the right ventricle and will actually make their blood shift to the left. So this would be unfortunate in the event that they have a clot that has become loose because now that clot is going to go through that opening in the atria, the, a the ASD, and go to the left side of the heart, which would then cause it to be pumped out into the circulation to the rest of the body. And the real risk here is that it's going to go to the brain and cause this patient to have a stroke. So just something to keep in mind. Someone who has an atrial septal defect um, if it's bad enough to where it's causing problems, then they're going to do some type of minor surgery. They can go in and patch that hole up relatively easily. They'll do what's called a patch closer, 
and they'll usually just do this in a cardiac cath procedure so it's less invasive. Now if it's a pretty big opening then they're going to have to do open heart surgery so they might have to wait until the infant's a little bit older and be able to tolerate that surgical procedure. Um, something else, uh, just some other assessment data, some in general assessment data that we should do to check for congenital heart defects. We've already talked about listening to heart sounds, listening for murmurs or extra beats. Um, they're going to do, they're going to check their peripheral pulses to see how good a perfusion they're getting. Um, another thing to do is check SpO2s, so your oxygen checks. Uh, they would do those more frequently if they're suspecting a possible congenital heart defect. And then something that may not be so obvious is a lot of times these infants will have problems with feeding. So if they have poor feeding, um, that could be an additional sign that we're seeing some problems with circulation and their ability to keep up with that type of activity um, because of poor perfusion. And um, also remember that your normal heart rate, uh, fetal heart rate, is 110 to 160. Uh, okay, so... Other heart defects too that we want to talk about, um, we will move on to tetralogy of fallow, which I have on the next slide.